You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. We were sharing a little bit earlier this morning about a special conversation that was going to come up right now at the 830 hour. We're talking about the awakening. Boy, revival taking place at Asbury University, Kelly. Mm -hmm. What an exciting thing to see it now jumping from college campus to college campus. And we've got a witness what's happening there yeah we do just so delighted to welcome charles morris of haven today which you hear weeknights by the way at 9 30 here on moody radio and uh, he's joining us this morning to talk about this awakening it's still going strong on the campus of asbury university in wilmore kentucky and charles has been in kentucky gathering personal stories from students and faculty and i cannot wait to dig into what you have been hearing charles good morning and welcome back it has been a while brother uh, it has been Kelly, and I don't know about Steve, but Kelly, I have this vision of you. You never go to sleep. You're always <laughs> awake. It and feels I like it. I, re- <laughs> I think I remember you telling me once a few years ago that you actually get up at like 2.30 in the morning or something, and uh, all I can say is bless you for that. That's all. <laughs> better better than you than me. So. Uh. It's you know we do it because we we love what we do and it's worth it. But that's exactly you know exactly it, it's it's all good. It's all good. Well, well, I think we have all wanted to go down to uh, to Asbury. It, it's hard to to yeah. hold back. The more we hear about it, it's it's exciting what God is doing, and we're seeing the spillover to other schools, and we're hearing so yeah. many yeah. stories and. Charles, tell us, I guess just start by telling us about your initial reaction when you first started to hear about what was going on. Uh, skeptical, uh, doubts. Uh, you know, I, I had my church history classes when I went to seminary, and there's, there's always, uh, Satan wants to prevent revivals from taking place. And, uh, you know, for, for example, there was the Toronto Blessing a few years ago, uh, and people were like, barking like dogs. Well, in the First Great Awakening, when George Whitfield preached and thousands of people came out, there are accounts of people barking like dogs. Is that what the revival was about? Absolutely not. Thousands and thousands and thousands came to faith hearing George Whitfield preach the gospel. So what's happening here, they're, they're actually not calling it now the Asbury Revival. They're calling it the Asbury Outpouring, and they're trying to be very careful. So when I got here, uh, they have a couple of really amazing New Testament scholars at Asbury Seminary. I had dinner with them, one of them the night that I came in, and he had been praying for revival for 12 years. Last Saturday, I actually met with one, two, three, four seminary students, one from Australia, uh, two from Florida, one from Georgia, uh, one's Louisiana, I guess. And um, they started praying in 2019 for a revival in their own hearts, a revival on their campus, 
and then a revival would spill out elsewhere. I think that's what's happened. And, and, and so now, Hughes Auditorium, where they had this, but there were so many. It's a two-stoplight town, Wilmore, Kentucky, 6,000 people. They were getting 12,000 visitors a day. The one little grocery store in town, the IGA, had run out of groceries. One of these students I was praying with on Saturday, they put up 20 people in their house over the course of two weeks. Uh, They had to drive to Lexington 15 miles away just to get groceries, just to keep feeding people. Uh, So they quit doing the public services last week because they didn't have enough bathrooms, frankly, and they couldn't keep up with it. And so, but they don't want to stifle whatever the Lord has begun, and they're still trying to process it. I'm still trying to process it. Uh, I spent Saturday there uh, just at the campus. Uh, I had a wonderful spiritual conversation with a policeman. They had all these policemen still there and from neighboring towns that had been donated to Wilmore to help uh, I had a, a wonderful time of fellowship with a Baptist pastor who had flown in from Brazil, a Korean family with their little two-year-old, and a woman that had been there from the start just asked if she could pray for me. Uh, but it was all in order. It wasn't chaos. There are a couple of people that I've heard about that are now trying to uh, have reviled meetings in Lexington, and, and it's like, you know, uh, they're in quotation marks evangelists, you know, like, uh, but nobody here on the ground that's been part of this, nobody here, like I can't even use, they don't want me using their names, the people that were praying for revival since 2019. So I'm going to honor that. One of the words, one of the terms they're using here is radical humility. But, uh, you know, because revival outpourings, whatever can take bad directions. Uh, You know, kind of what I was taught was like Jonathan Edwards in the first Great Awakening, he he wrote a little book that marked the marks of true revival, and they are exalting Jesus, real repentance from sin and a change of life, a softness of heart to the scriptures and the preaching of the Bible with sound doctrine, and love to God and others. I would say all of those things are what I've encountered here, even as people are still trying to process it. And we can we get into some war stories, too, and I want to do that with you. But let me just mention two things I have not heard in the last five days talking to anybody related to this outpouring. I have not heard a single mention of politics, and I have not heard a single mention of denominational differences. Hmm just incredible that unity yeah that's harmony unity those are amazing things that we pray for that we would have in church but now this is the body of christ coming together and this is one but small snapshot of what is taking place here this outpouring but tell us um i know initially you went down to go and gather some personal stories whether that's students or faculty Share with us a little bit about those transformation stories. I bet you that there have to be plentiful, I would imagine. Well, yes, and I and I have heard many accounts of people uh, meeting Christ. 
But I think when you reflect on revival, the history of revival through the centuries, it starts with God's people who need their faith renewed, and then it spreads out. Uh, here's an example. Here's a story. Um, I, I went to the Free Methodist Church and heard an amazing sermon yesterday. This is, it's like, it's like Ben Witherington, one of the other New Testament scholars that Asbury told me when I first met him 10 years ago or something. He said, Charles, nobody's told the Methodists in these parts that Methodism went liberal. <laughs> so <laughs> I was at the Free Methodist Church yesterday. But then I went over to the only black church in Little Wilmore, Kentucky, 6,000 people. And, uh, and, and, and Dr. Fain, as a doctorate from Liberty University, uh, we had a wonderful time of fellowship. He wasn't here when this outpouring, this revival, whatever we should call it, broke out. Uh, he was very skeptical. He wanted to support this Gen Z younger movement, a generation that has, has, has was impacted by COVID that couldn't mix with others that had to be educated at home by Zoom and on and on that goes. He wanted to support them. So his little church, which was packed, by the way, on Sunday, uh, they were they were going out of town and buying just case after case after case of water to give to these 12,000 people standing in line every day to get into these services that were going on. He got back a couple days after it started. He went and he said he was doing, I wish you could see this, I'm doing it right now. He, he said, I was like the Baptist pastor with folded arms and a smug look on my face. You know, I wanted the Lord to be doing something, but I was very much doubting whether it would do it and whether something really was happening. And so after he was there at a service for about an hour, and we're talking a very ugly Hughes Hall. This is a 1929 building that could really use a facelift. There were no smoke machines. There was no special spotlighting. There was no uh, hardcore guitars. There was no drum kit. This was just soft worship. And a man standing next to him tapped him on the shoulder. And it turned out to be a fellow pastor they had never met from nearby Lexington. And this pastor from Lexington asked the black pastor, can I pray for you? And the prayer he prayed was, Lord, would you take my brother and renew in him the same spirit you gave him when he first entered the ministry? Little did he know but that's what the black pastor had been praying for the prior two weeks for his own life, even as he was skeptical and doubting of what was going on. But it took going to that prayer meeting, participating in it, and then the school, because he's a pastor only a few blocks away from the campus, the school asked him, you know, would, would, we're, we're being overwhelmed here. Could you be one of our prayer counselors and pray with these thousands of people that are coming in and the overflow to other chapels, other churches in Wilmore? So anyway, that's, that's, uh, I think that's an example of someone who uh, was impacted by the revival, and no doubt it's impacting his church too, uh, and will continue to do that. Mm -hmm. But as you pointed out, it's spreading to schools. You know, I got a list here. 
I bet I have 60 colleges, universities, seminaries that had students come and were blessed and went back to take this message. Um, there, there's a term they're using here uh, of, of that, that I think is quite interesting. It's radical humility. And, and that's why on our Haven Today program this week, when I put students on who were impacted, none of them want their names used. They don't want to, they want to give glory to God. And, and there is a slogan here, too, that, it, it, you know, they, they finally had to decide we can't handle this many people coming in anymore. God is, if he's going to continue to do this work, it's got to go elsewhere. So they were saying, come and see. <laughs> but now the slogan has another line to it, go and tell. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening. And I'm I'm no physicist, but there are two terms from physics physics that that come to mind on this, and 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 one is centripetal, and the other one is centripetal. Centripetal is where the force is going in a circle, but it's moving inward. Centripetal is where there is a force at work, i.e., the spirit and it's moving outward. I think true revival is centrifugal. It's a force that moves outward. Go and tell. It's not just hang on to this, make a name for yourself, build up your own little kingdom, start building a tower of Babel. That's not God's kingdom at work. And so here we have a a, a Gen Z generation. For the most part, the student body of Asbury was totally apathetic. They only went to chapel Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. because they had to. The baseball coach who preached the message on February 8th when this broke out called his wife afterwards and said, I just did the worst job of my life giving a message. I don't know what in the world the Lord's going to do with this, but I'm sure nothing. And then a few students uh, a, a multicultural choir sang, a few students stayed on to pray and sing, sometimes happens, but then more joined them and more joined them and more joined them. And so you, you had a student body of 1,700 plus the seminary across the street with another maybe 500, and all of a sudden they were dropping to their knees and repenting and praying and seeking the face of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit like they had never done in their lives or since they had been converted. And so even before the visitors came in, this Gen Z group of students that really didn't want to go to chapel, something was happening to them. It was an amazing work of the Spirit, I think. And may the Lord just keep using this uh, in our lives. But you don't have to go to Wilmore for that. You know, anybody listening right now can say, I better start getting on my knees. Why don't I get a friend or get a group of friends? And let's get on our knees and say, Lord, how can we go and tell? That's something American Christians don't do. You know, we well, don't that's understand. True. 
That's so true. And I, I you know, uh, something that I wanted to point out too. Well, I, I wonder about this, Charles. And um, we've just got maybe about. Um, I'm looking here, maybe two, three minutes left in our time together. But very quickly, I'm wondering one, how to what to what degree the Lord may have used the time of isolation of COVID to plant seeds deeply in the hearts of these young people who, you know, you see kids they're 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 outgoing, but now you've got COVID and they're isolated. So I'm wondering during that time, you know, what what seeds might He have planted while they were in isolation? Now they're they're back on a college campus and. You know, he had to be preparing their hearts. I've got to believe that. I'm, I just cannot help but wonder that. And two, we've got this new film that's out, and Steve and I have been talking a lot about oh, it, Jesus Revolution, yeah, that was yeah. supposed to be out before COVID. Then COVID strikes, and it's delayed. And now the path was cleared at the time of the Asbury outpouring. God is definitely doing something. Yeah, I think the Lord is. Yeah, Greg Laurie and I were chatting about this last week, and... Uh, and and you know he was so disappointed that the movie couldn't release because part of this is his life story it's not just chuck smith who founded calvary chapel Mm -hmm. uh and and then of course the praise and worship music that started up with the jesus revelation too and uh, and and he really felt like the Lord was at work that it released now instead of before. You know, this is a video game generation. This is a generation that, uh, 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 with anxiety and depression, like in levels never before. Uh, and, And that's why the leaders at both Asbury University and then the seminary, I'm I'm going to be meeting and praying with the president of the seminary here in just a few minutes. They, they didn't want to stifle it, but they also didn't want to control it and run it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to make a big PR thing out of it. So that even, you know, the number one TV talk show host in America at night wanted to come in and, you know, do broadcast live from the services and be standing and interviewing people who, you know, had an amazing work happen to them. And, they didn't tell him don't come. They just said, you know, we're trying to radical humility. And in the end, he didn't come. They reported it as a news story and they showed video from it, but they didn't want personality. Andrew Peterson canceled his concert that was to be at Asbury because he didn't want to draw attention to himself. There were people you guys play on the air every day that were just standing in line for six hours. Nobody knew who Carrie Job was or other well-known musicians and worship leaders that had come in, uh, Louis Giglio, people, all these people that came in from a great distance, they they waited in line to just come. And, and I think maybe, uh, you know, Protestants don't talk about prayer retreats or getting on our knees or or having times of silence, and we don't fast very often. We sure eat a lot, but we don't fast too often, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and we may not observe Lent or whatever, but uh, you know, like I was in that Black Baptist church on Sunday just yesterday, and oh, they wanted me to stay for lunch, but I I. I had to go meet someone else, but boy, did it smell good in the basement. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, but the Anglican pastor had come to have lunch with them. So back to, I didn't hear politics at all. 
I didn't hear denominational differences at all in five days of being here. All I've heard about is unity yeah. and the holiness. And by holiness, that's not me being legalistically holy by practicing holiness. And of course, you know, a lot of Methodism and, and Nazarene or whatever, there would be the holiness movement, not a charismatic, although there certainly was a charismatic, there's a charismatic convention. The holiness of God is what we were talking about. That's what I'm hearing about here. Isaiah 6, my, my, my lips are unclean. You know, uh, that's the holiness that's being talked about. Falling on your face before Almighty God. Meeting up with Jesus through the Spirit of Christ at work in you. Then you get up and you go out and you go and tell. That's what's going on here. I love that, that it went from come and see to go and tell. And so, yeah, yeah, what a wonderful (laughs) story that is. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. 